Main Train Productions presents Arch Rivals Football Season 2. Your starting lineup, Ricky Litwickowicz, Alex Aldape, Todd Rosenfeld, and Nicholas Russell. Enjoy the show. What is up, everybody? It is Tuesday night. It is October 8th, 2019. And we got the full crew. Hello, hello, full crew. hello. October 18th, 2019. A blessed hey, Tuesday evening. Welcome, everybody who's here. Isaac, uh, Alicia. Jerome is here. Steve Wallman is here. James Horak is here. Am I missing anybody? Well, I gotta tell you now. There's like he, sixteen of them. That wasn't sixteen people, so you missed a few. <laughs> no, well, Alicia went say. to a uh, NFL smack talking group. And mind you, I haven't even shared the show yet. So hopefully, we'll have more heads in here. Uh, tons of news. There were plenty of upsets this weekend. Uh, we originally had said last week there was going to be upsets. It's more of this week that were some tremendous upsets. I'd have to say that at least. I wasn't upset. <laughs> well, I know you weren't, but uh, another unbeaten has fallen. Yep. We're down, down to two, even who though San Francisco had a week off. I would say, who would have thought the Niners would have been the last two undefeated teams? I don't think anybody would have bet that. Hey, listen, I, I am fucking happy for the fact that there was... Great football on, although my four o'clock, there was only two games on, so yeah. I really only paid attention to one. And at four twenty-five, I screamed out, "Fuck Denver!" <laughs> and then Denver won, so maybe I shouldn't have screamed, <laughs> "Fuck Denver!" But I legitimately did watch that four o'clock game and was very impressed. So, getting into some of the news first, okay. Nick got his wish by getting Jay Gruden fired. Now, did you call the GM of the Redskins, Nick, and tell him to fire that fucker? What had happened was <laughs> I had uh, I was yelling my displeasure, and I was like, "When is Daniel Snyder's stupid dumbass finally finna finna uh fire this fool?" And he must have heard me. And then once they got straight up rammed by New England on Sunday, he was like, you know what? That Nick guy's right. Jay Gruden is probably the dumbest POS I've ever hired as head coach. And 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 saw the light. And finally, when I woke up Monday morning and saw he was fired, I said, yes, there is a God. So Jay Alex, Gruden's is he gone. in Oakland yet? No, <laughs> no. Uh, Gruden's already talked about it though. And they're like, he's like, well, you know what? That sucks. He got fired, but my dad got fired. I've been fired. Uh, cause Gruden started like the, what was the fired football? Something. He made this fake group a while back when he got uh, let go from the bucks. But, uh, no, he, he said he, that basically he's like, ah, you got, so you got fired, bro. I got fired. My dad got your, our dad got fired. 
You get people get fired. Welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> one so. cute little one little fun fact I saw. Um, Christian McCaffrey has 866 yards. The New York Jets have 718. That is hysterical. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah, well, we have some other news here that uh, there, there was a another article that I found kind of really out there uh, because the Patriots were listed on this. The Chiefs were listed on this. Uh, there were talks of Emmanuel Sanders being traded, A.J. Green being traded, Deshaun Jackson being traded. Uh, I, a lot of the wide receivers are now currently out of the market. I guess teams that are, well, you're going to have a battle of unbeaten, un, of sorry, winless teams this weekend again. Uh, and they may be looking to unload some weapons. Uh, but basically, basically, I think the top two on this list was the Emmanuel Sanders and the A.J. Green, if anybody wants to jump in on that. Any word on where they're talking about for A.J. Green? Well, some of the A.J. Green talk was going to the Pats and the Chiefs. The problem is, is who wants an injury-riddled wide receiver who's not played it down yet this year in the NFL or this season in the NFL? That would be my question. Like, who? What would even be a price for him at this point? A, a second or third rounder for next year? <laughs> that would be the only worth for it? Exactly a point, though. But, I mean... You know, I, there were, uh... Well, thanks, Stephen, for that lovely, uh, thing there. <laughs> hey, let it be known that, dude, I would do a four million times better job than Big Head Joe Buck. You can't stand I'm, Joe Buck. Joe Buck has one of those drive-in theater foreheads <laughs> and cannot be missed. And I can tell you right now, I would come in off the streets, be like, yo, Fox, let me do a job with Troy Aikman, and I would keep my job. That's how good I am. So thank you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're going up against Troy Aikman. I mean, it's not like, I don't know if you're complimenting yourself or insulting yourself because he's kept his job and Joe um, Buck's well, kept his a, job. There was a very big rumor after the game that he did this week. That apparently he was high off his ass. Hell yeah. He looked drunk. He, I don't know if he was he high. Looked he looked completely drunk. fucking smashed. He did. And uh, they they obviously, I guess as an announcer, you don't get the chance to uh, drug test or do a breathalyzer or whatever. But yeah, I mean, he looked tremendously fucked up. Yeah, if you saw the live you know, pictures of him, yeah, he looked, he looked twisted. Yeah, but is he is he fucked up or is that just the way that Troy Aikman looks after getting hit in the head so many times? I think it's the way Troy Aikman looks after getting hit in the head so many times. That's what I'm, I, I have I'm, to agree with that. I, I think I think that's what it is. Like that guy, like you need to like have like toothpicks and shit to hold his eyes straight, <laughs> so they're not fucking wandering off into different areas by themselves. That dude has like six brain cells left and he's if he's drinking on this on or getting high on stage uh he's he's running out i'm just saying he's only got a few of them left and man he does not need to waste them yeah with alex on this one so besides the uh the gruden aftermath and these wide receivers 
Uh, there are some notable injuries coming into this week. Uh, from what I read, Tyreek Hill, Hill is going to participate in practice on Wednesday. He started practice last week, actually. But he has not gone through any contact drills yet, which is part of the concern. Uh, Barkley and Ingram for the Giants are now both up in the air. Uh, Barkley coming back from the high ankle sprain, and apparently on Sunday during the game in Minnesota, he fucked his knee up. So there's a possibility it's not enough time for him to get healthy enough in a four-day turnaround. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, don't the Giants have the bye week next week? So I think for the Giants' sake, I wouldn't be so quick to rush back Saquon Barkley because, you. I mean, the way the, the New England Patriots defense has been playing throughout the season, he's not going to get anywhere too effective as far as I'm concerned. And then with Evan Ingram, not only do you have the, you know, you play Thursday night, which is, means you get the extended weekend, but you're also getting the weekend off. So I think it's just smart for these two to really sit out. But I know I heard about Evan Ingram. I saw a little bit of it because I was at Buffalo Wild Wings watching the uh, the Buck Saints game. Um, so uh, I kind of saw the injury. They already ruled him out for the game on Thursday, and it would probably be that's probably the best thing to do. So I would I really wouldn't rush Saquon Barkley back. I know that. He really looked good in practice, but do you really want him to come back against the New England Patriots? I wouldn't do it. Well, apparently Team Mono will be back on the field on Sunday <laughs> because <laughs> Sam Darnold got cleared to play. Uh, I don't know if anybody really would want to touch him, so then, I mean, you wouldn't have to worry about sacking him. <laughs> you could just let him run around and cause his own chaos. But I got to tell you, I think that uh, even with Darnold back, it does not fare well for him because the offensive line for the Jets licks balls. Let's be honest. And if you kind of haven't noticed, one of our main viewers has not been here. Why? Because me and Nick told him that his mighty New York Jets will not finish 10-6. and six. Yeah. yeah. Well, if they're going to finish, they better start fucking winning. <laughs> I'm just saying, they're running out of time to get that 10-6. and six. Um, they're they they two games away to, that they can lose. They, they, start they winning would have the rest to legitimately the... go ten and one for the rest of the season. That's not happening. That's yeah. not not okay. happening. And, and I'm glad Ricky brought that up because while we were going like game for game with the uh, New York Jets, I think I think through the first maybe six or seven games, I had them at maybe at two and five. If you're lucky, Ricky had them at like one and six. <laughs> but Dina had this team at like. Four and two, five and one. I was like, "Do you smoke crack? If you think the Jets are going to start off the season at five and one, yeah. and, I, and, uh. and again, I'm going to say this once again, the dude. If Adam Gay still has his job when the season is over with, then I'm I'm content that the Jets front office is not the smartest bunch. This man, again, is not a head coach. They need to go find themselves a better head coach because Adam Gase is not the guy. And you're starting to see why. This team is just bad. They're not good offensively. Like Ricky just said, their offensive line is bad. Le'Veon Bell is just trying to get touches because he want, because he's getting paid. You know, this whole team's just a mess. But they do get Quinn and Williams back on the defensive side of the ball 
which you know is is a good co- is you know good for the Jets, but it's gonna it's it's gonna be another long week for these guys. And and again, like rumor mills are running crazy because of the fact that you know not for anything, Adam Gase didn't want Le'Veon Bell when the season started. He could be one of those names. I mean, salary caps are fucked up around the the NFL to begin with. But imagine if he's one of those names that gets traded. I mean, we're going into week six. Isn't the trade deadline around like week eight? Yeah, yeah, it's week eight. So in in a matter of like two weeks, all of these major names could really be changing places. The only problem is, is some of the teams that were on the list for the trades don't have very much salary cap. So there's got to be either maybe a player exchange or a team's got to be able to eat some of the salary that's being traded. That happens in baseball all the time. And I think it happens in hockey too. But imagine like a guy like eight, like like Le'Veon Bell being traded week seven to a team that's in the playoff hunt. And all of a sudden, that to- that team totally changes around. That could be ultimately crazy. But you know what? Let me say this, though. What kind of kills me is I feel like every time you look up, you're hearing these guys saying, you know, we don't we didn't want ABC XYZ. Like if you look at Washington, supposedly Jay Gruden didn't want Dwayne Haskins. I have no idea what quarterback he did want, but all the all the from what I heard earlier today and kind of what I heard from yesterday was that um that Jay Gruden didn't want Dwayne Haskins. That's why you didn't see Dwayne Haskins start. That's why you barely saw him play. That's why they started Colt McCoy over Dwayne Haskins last week in a game against the Patriots. Now, it wouldn't have made any difference. But how are you going to start your third starter over the guy that's supposed to be the franchise quarterback or the future franchise quarterback of your team? And that's because I guess they're saying that Jay Gruden didn't even have him taking any reps in practice. The game plan, they didn't even let Dwayne Haskins in the game plan. And now we're hearing that with the Jets. I heard the same thing, too, that apparently Adam Gates didn't want Le'Veon Bell. Well, he's there now, so you need to make up a game plan that surrounds Le'Veon Bell who's one of the better two-way backs in the league. Just like if you're Washington, you're going to you have Dwayne Haskins. Now you're going to have to come up with a game plan that surrounds him. All this I didn't want these guys they're on there figure it out. That's why you're the head coach. I think sometimes it's a scapegoat of an answer for They didn't want them to play there, yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a total scapegoat. Well, it's, it's the same thing and I I know I keep beating a dead horse with this, but it's the same thing with RG3 and Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan didn't want RG3. He wanted Ryan Tannehill. And we see where RG3 careers now because Mike Shanahan damn near freaking ended this kid's career before it even got started. So I, it's just it's it's stupid. These if your owner says this is who I want, you as the head coach have to figure it out. Let's stop using the scapegoat. I didn't want him there. And and that's the reason why you got fired. It's stupid. All right, all right so to all the people in the chat. There's quite a few of you. There's over a dozen of you. Uh, not only represent your team, but share the show out. I mean, get as yeah. many more of these fans the in share here. button. Put it on your... You watch it. Tell your friends to watch it. Because, you know, not for anything. I mean, we cover 32 NFL teams every week. 
and it's twice a week. So your team is getting talked about at least twice. If you make the news, it make it three or four times. You never know. But get, let us know what your teams are. Share this show out. Because we're going to do recaps. And I guarantee you, there's a very lot of, there's a lot of angry motherfuckers in this going to be around for the NFL this week. I want to talk about, okay, real quick. I know it has nothing to do with football, but can we just talk about the whole controversy? I mean, everybody's heard about the whole Kansas University thing by now, right? Yeah. No. Can we talk about it? Okay, so Snoop Dogg. They hired Snoop Dogg to do their late. Every year they do this late night at the Fog, which is like they basically bring they bring new recruits to show them what it's like to be in the Allen Fieldhouse. It's a big to do thing, you know. They just do it like uh, like midway during football season. It's just kind of there. They they do a showcase or a scrimmage of all the of all the you know men's and women's teams. So they do late night at the Fog, and they have. Snoop Dogg. They pay Snoop Dogg to come perform and then are just appalled and start apologizing to everybody because he brought strippers on stripper pole or he brought dancers on stripper poles and was smoking blunts in the arena and cussy, you know, being Snoop Dogg. They were upset with him smoking. Snoop Dogg doing exactly fuck that. He was smoking blunts and shit. Yeah. What did he expect? He was being Snoop Dogg. What do you fucking expect? <laughs> How do you invite Snoop Dogg and then get upset when he's smoking weed? Because they're old white people. Like that's what got that's the people that got mad. Like just the, like none of the students gave a shit. But these old ass white people, no offense, white people, but some of your old people kind of suck. I uh, actually, I actually didn't know about it, and I sent Alex the video to see what it was, what it was all about. And I watched the first like five minutes of it, and I'm like, God, a the strippers are hot. <laughs> I didn't understand what those big poles were until I found out that the strippers were swinging around on them. And and for the majority of the video, you really couldn't hear him because the crowd was really loud. Yeah. And, like, the PA was fucking shitty. Well, so there's also a little bit more controversy when it comes to this Snoop Dogg performance, which I think is hilarious. Um, people are trying to say he was doing, he was symbolizing that KU pays their basketball players. By going up to where the new recruits are and taking a money gun and shooting hundred dollar bills all over them. Oh God! I thought it's fucking funny. That's fucking hilarious. Funny. I mean, I mean it, was a, like, it wasn't funny, a bad but, video though. No, but that's one like, why are these people like? Okay, you, you this you hired a man that is literally known for fucking smoking weed, and he's a fuck. He's a fucking West Side fucking rapper, like from the nineties, like. He was into gangster rap at the big, you know, at the beginning. What did you fucking expect was going to happen? There a man has his own weed. Wait, wait, you think wait. he's not going to be smoking it? Alex, there's a comment in the chat you need to read out loud because it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> you, 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 you tugged on this on Friday, so. Oh, Todd sitting here drinking a two liter like a forty. Yeah, <laughs> fucking diet Pepsi. Sneak. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's diet root beer tonight. Why would you what what Satanist <laughs> makes diet root beer? Mug. Mug I, well them boycotting him now. Barks all the way. I think Barks makes a diet too. But <laughs> oh, fuck him. You well, know who doesn't? Jones soda. I'll cut by Jones soda because the they don't make Jones soda. They don't make some fake root beer. Hick shit you got over there in the sticks. That's uh, yeah, no. that's that, uh, that Jones soda. Talk. You don't know what Jones soda is? No. 
Exactly. It's supposed to be a Midwest thing because Jones Soda is here in Chicago. Yeah. See, so we don't have that here. Yeah. So it might it might be it's a, a high end soda. It's a high yeah, end gourmet yeah, soda. Yeah. All right. High end gourmet soda. It is. I'm gonna start with the foreign game first. So we can kind of get London out of the way because that was a fucking annoying ass fucking. That was an amazing ass game. game. It was a great game, game, but I think they could have done better with the lighting first off because it was a little bit dark in that fucking that stadium. And I got to tell you, I think the camera work was a little shoddy too. So uh, obviously, it was Oakland versus Chicago. Oakland was the home team. Oakland's another team that doesn't have another home game till like November. November second or something like that. November. It's the first yeah. weekend of November. It's daylight savings weekend. Uh, Oakland wins twenty four twenty one. Oakland. I-, I will say I was impressed with the Bears' offense in the second half because they were yeah, down seventeen nothing and came back with twenty one unanswered in like fourteen minutes. Yeah, but. For me, though, like, I again, oh, Gary, I sent them out. I sent those out a while ago. Hmm? Gary's uh, Detroit Lions cards. I bought them. I sent them out a while ago. Oh, yeah. That was that I sent season. them out right, right at the beginning of the playoffs. That was last season. Yeah. You never got them? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. The third is when they have their first home game. Third, okay. Yeah, I sent those cards out a while ago. Uh, some of the... The, the stats. Uh, this was a game of turnovers in a lot of fashion. Uh, Chase Daniel had two picks, uh, twenty-two of thirty, two thirty-one, two touchdowns. Uh, Montgomery did not have very many carries in this game. Eleven carries for twenty-five. Tariq Cohen did not look available at all in this game. He only had a total of ten touches. I mean, the, the Bears. Offense looks very anemic even without Trubisky. Yeah, it that's, does. That's the crazy thing. On the other hand, uh, it, quarterback play was basically the same. Derek Carr, 25 of 32, 229. Josh Jacobs was the star. Josh Jacobs. Let's talk about Josh Jacobs. Go for it, Alex. <laughs> Let's talk Go about for Josh it. Jacobs. The FedEx ground and air MVP of the week. Rookie out of Alabama. Badass little motherfucker. Let me tell you about him. Uh, I'm impressed by this kid, man. I mean, I really am. He's been he's impressed me week in and week out. I, I'm excited to see once he grows as a player where where he's gonna be. But I don't know. I he he was the one that I mean, he's the one that saved that game for us on Sunday. And also, there was a really nice interception that we could have we couldn't have done without. So. Um, but no, Josh Jacobs, man, that guy, that guy's gonna be a fucking amazing football player. He already is a good one, but for it being his first year, he's all the way. He's already, I think he's. They said he's rushed for more yards than in his first five games than uh, Marcus Allen. Well, we have a comment in here. Uh, reminds me of Mark Ingram, straight beast. Uh, to all the new viewers that are in here, this is football reviewed and talked about with attitude. Yeah, we're not like any of those other fucking mainstream NFL Fox guys that talk is prim and proper. Uh, join us, come hang out, like the Arch Rivals page. We do two shows a week. We even do a pick 'em on Fridays. Uh, there's a prize going around for the end of the season. 
You do, however, need a six-week minimum for, for picks. Because there are quite a few people that have not made picks in like three or four weeks. Yeah. So they have the ability to, to do that. But we are giving out a prize at the end of the regular season. <coughs> um, I, I got to tell you, I was actually pretty impressed with this game. I really was. It was one of the games that I did watch at 1 o'clock. And the fucking epic ending. That was such an epic ending, Alex. That's the way, only the way I can say it. It was epic. Well, I mean, I, I, look, I'm tired of playing in London, and honestly, I think if we have to play in London again, um, I'm going to be, if I have to play in a foreign country one more time next year, I'm going to be fucking pissed, especially when we have a brand new stadium that we lose our home games to playing in a foreign fucking country. No offense yeah, to the right. foreigners. I don't mind you guys from Canada. I don't mind you people from the UK. I don't mind the people from Mexico. Mexico. Hail the motherland. Uh, <laughs> but I'm tired of fucking playing on your fucking fields. And number one, honestly, London was the best one. Mexico City's field is a shithole. Yeah, they canceled the game for it last year. Yeah. KC versus Rams got canceled last year, moved to LA. And then this year, KC again in fucking Mexico City. I forgot what day it was. All right, but uh, then you know when we look at that game in Canada, that game that had that abortion of a football game in Canada, where we only played on eighty yards and there was no kicking. That's stupid. Stick into the United States is the United is an American game. Let's stay there. I mean, especially for the Raiders. I'm not. I'm, I, I really like the rest of the world getting involved with all this stuff and wanting to have like wanting to be a part of it, which is cool. I mean, it's like just like you know, everybody should be able to enjoy football, but. For the Oakland Raiders, well, well, I guess it'll be the Las Vegas Raiders next year. I do not want to play in a foreign country whatsoever, unless it's a in away game. I don't want to do it. We've had to do it twice every year. So, well, moving on, we got Jacksonville at Carolina. By the way, I did make a bonehead fucking move on this pick because I'm in my brain. I said I was taking Carolina for both the spread and not the spread. And I stupidly wrote fucking Jacksonville in the fucking box. So I ended up losing this game on my straight-up pick. But Carolina did win 34-27. to And this game was another one that was down to the wire. Because Jacksonville did come storming back at the end. Yeah, I thought they were going to do it. And fell short. But so far, Mr. Uh, Minshew... Uh, 26 of 44, 374 yards passing. Obviously, that's a career best. Uh, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Fournette was relevant, 23 carries, 108. I, I got to tell you, Jacksonville's offense was great, but their defense is fucking tanking again. Yeah. Their defense is tanking. And again, I understand Jalen Ramsey didn't play this week again because uh, he's all pussy hurt. But. God, can that rest of that defense not fucking play without Jalen Ramsey being there? Is that the I, reason? I have no idea, but I always, I'm, I'm one of those people that doesn't like that likes to say that it's not one player that does it. But at the same time, look at Oakland's defense from like last year; it suffered without Khalil Mack. And Khalil, and it's not. It maybe it's not the player themselves, uh, but but Joe had a new coaching staff last year. Besides getting Mack, yeah. 
So. Yeah, but so how do we really even say that that's the point? But Carolina, I don't. That's the thing. I don't think. I don't think it's just Jalen Ramsey not playing. That's the whole thing. Like, but I, I don't it think it is. The attitude of the defense without him, it definitely does. Yeah, but the one week that fucking Jalen Ramsey didn't play, that fucking one idiot got fucking a personal foul, got kicked out of the fucking game, and he still fucking lost. Oh, uh, Miles J. Yeah, when he was being a fucking pampered baby, the fucking idiot. Um, yeah. On the other side of the coin, this is kind of like the week before uh, Tampa plays Carolina in London, which sucks because it's on at fucking 9.30 Eastern Standard Time here in New York and 8.30 everywhere else. Uh, Kyle Allen, his this is his third start? Second start. Third start, right? Third start. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 17-30, 181, one touchdown. Uh, obviously, McCaffrey was the fucking the bull in this. 25 catches, 267 what? yards. You took about 25 catches. 25 t- uh, touches, I mean. Oh. <laughs> okay. He had over. He he had the whole fucking offense for the entire fucking game for the for the Panthers. Is this his second week in a row with the over 200 total yards for the game? Yes. He's I think gonna that burn out. I mean, it's fucking crazy though. Um, don't worry, Nick will have plenty to say because I'm gonna leave this to him. I. Uh, is this possibly a showing now of what maybe Tampa might be dealing with in London now that they've kind of figured out the McCaffrey factor? Yeah, dude. I mean, McCaffrey had a big game on Sunday, but the of all the weeks, the only week he didn't have a big game was against Tampa. So, uh, again, Tampa's run defense is superior. But, I mean, I mean, as far as the game is concerned... Oh, this was another one I was able to kind of watch back and forth at uh at a uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and uh, yeah, dude. I don't know. Jacksonville is kind of interesting because we talk about you know what's gonna happen with Nick Foles. You know, Nick Foles is gone. Gardner Minshew is kind of taking that job and run with it so far. And I mean, you're gonna kind of have to stick with the hot hand when Nick Foles comes back, and then it's gonna make an interesting decision to see what they do with Nick Foles next year. Like, do you run with with Gardner Minshew and cut Nick Foles? Do you, you know, stay with Nick Foles and put Minshew back, and you know everything that's gonna happen? But I'm interested to well, really use see one of them as trade bait. One yeah. of them be good trade bait. I mean, you could, but I mean, at the same time, what team is going to take Nick Foles' contract at this point? I don't think anybody is going to. So uh, the interesting thing for me is what's going to happen with Jalen Ramsey because the Jaguars are swearing up and down they're not going to trade him. But at the same time, are you really going to try? Are you really willing to keep someone that's not happy in Jacksonville and expect him to really play? Because I just don't see that happening. And, you know, you can call it for what, you know, you call it whatever it is. But Tom Coughlin is going to have to try and get some kind of value because you already know that Jalen Ramsey's not going to come back next year. And even if you franchise tag him, you know he's not going to come back next year. So do you run the risk of franchise tagging or do you run the risk of going out there and try to get the best possible value that you can for Jalen Ramsey? Because if you think you're going to get two first-round draft picks for Jalen Ramsey, that's not going to happen. Yes, you might be able to get one first. One, yeah. Think about one, like maybe this. Maybe a third. Yeah, think about it like this. Think about it like this. 
if Minka fit, first of all, I think Jalen Ramsey is a better player than Minka Fitzpatrick. It's close, but if you ask me what I would say, I would take Jalen Ramsey over Minka. If Minka Fitzpatrick can get a first round draft pick to Miami for Minka Fitzpatrick, Jalen Ramsey is definitely going to be worth a first. And like Todd said, maybe a third, maybe a late round draft pick to get to throw up in there. But Jacksonville cannot run the risk of saying, well, we. We just don't feel like we're going to get the value. No, you're not going to get what your asking price is, but you're going to have to lay down the sword because you can't go into week nine with Jalen Ramsey on your team who's probably not going to play the rest of the season because he'll come with some injury that he's going to make up and then run the risk of having given up 34 points to the good old Carolina Panthers, and it's only going to get you know, worse from there. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Jacksonville. But for Carolina, how about this team getting the shot in the leg of Jeff Allen coming in? You can see the team night and day. Cam Newton, in my opinion, is such an afterthought the way that Jeff Allen has been playing. They're another team that's going to be interesting when you go into next year. Because, yes, it sounds stupid for you to say, oh, we got to get rid of Cam Newton because he's one of the talented quarterbacks in the NFL. However, Jeff Allen under center, they seem to be a better team with him than they were with Cam Newton in the first couple games of the season. So let's let's go into next week, see how they do against Tampa, see if Tampa makes any adjustments. But as we get into the trade deadline in week eight, we're going to see because, I mean, didn't the Raiders just acquire Zay Jones? Yeah, they just got him from the Bills, Bills, yeah. Which is, in my opinion, one of the craziest trades, not so much for for Oakland, but if you're Buffalo, you're already having a hard time scoring or, you know, scoring points. So why would you trade one of your young wide receivers to Oakland? That doesn't make sense to me. For a fifth round pick. Yeah, for a fifth round pick. And Zay Jones was a second round pick for Buffalo. So it's crazy. But at the same time, um, you know, kudos to Carolina. I hope you enjoyed everything you did last week because it's not going to happen this week. That's all I'm going to say. All right, jumping up a little bit ahead. Watching this game was watching like two bums fight over a fucking chicken bone. Uh, you can please tell me you're going to to Arizona. Arizona yep. and Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, I was thinking I, that too. I'd rather they would watch flies fuck than watch Dude. this game. Uh, Arizona 26, Cincinnati 23. Uh, Kyler Murray, uh, he needs a fucking high seat or a booster chair. Worse than I do. Uh, 20 of 32, 253 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, but he did have 10 carries for 93 yards and a rushing score. Uh, David Johnson actually had a good game. 17 carries, 91 yards. The whole rushing attack had a good game. They had like 260 yards on the ground. Scroll down. Scroll down. How many was it? It was uh, 93 oh, for Murray, 91 for Johnson. Chase Edmonds had 68. They had, more, they had more yards on the ground than they did in the air. They had like 265 on the ground and 253 in the air. And Andy Dalton didn't have a bad game either, though. 27 and 38, 262, two scores. Uh, Mixon, 19 carries, 93 yards. Tyler Boyd, whom I acquired in a trade and got rid of John Ross III, who ended up getting hurt the week after I traded him. Uh, Ten catches, a buck twenty-three, a touchdown. I'm sorry, this this game here was a fucking dumpster fire. And then we yeah, got another it, one. It's worthless. I mean, you're, you're, you've got probably 
two, probably two of the worst teams in the NFL playing against each other. I mean, God, I'd hope they give it a good fucking game. I mean, Jesus Christ. They, I mean, somebody's got to win this dumpster fire, but uh, I'm going to laugh that they tied again. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got, <laughs> just so Arizona can be two and two. A lot of teams, oh, oh, two and two. A lot of teams are fighting for that number one pick, and this was that was one of the games that I was kind of hoping uh, both teams would have gotten crushed in the bus. Uh, we move on to this game here. I'm never picking the team ever again. Atlanta traveled down to Houston. Final score: Texans 53, Atlanta 32. Atlanta is a dumpster fire right now. They have absolutely no clue on what the fuck they are doing. Period. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah, and and Deshaun Watson took a shot at the Atlanta Falcons too. I don't know if you saw that press conference afterwards. They asked him about you know what they could do against the uh, the Atlanta Falcons defense, and he pretty much was like, you know, I could do whatever I want, you know, with with the Falcons defense. Will Fuller was just wide open all game. That, no, there was no pressure on, on Deshaun Watson whatsoever. And if you think about it, dude, if you really, if we're if we're gonna all just keep it banned, and I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but look what's going on in San Francisco. Ever since Kyle Shanahan left Atlanta to go to San Francisco, what made the Atlanta Falcons so good in the year they went to the Super Bowl is exactly what you're seeing in San Francisco, which is what they're not doing in Atlanta. They're not running the ball. Dirk Cutter, for whatever reason, wants to make Matt Ryan become this Superman, and that's not what made the Atlanta Falcons good. When you had Devontae Freeman and you had Tevin Coleman, all Kyle Shanahan did was run the ball, run the ball, and set up for Matt Ryan, and teams couldn't figure out what Atlanta was going to do either way. That's why they were so good. Now he took that to San Francisco, and we saw what they did there. But in Atlanta, you had Dirk Cutter, who struggled as an offensive coordinator slash head coach at times for Tampa Bay, and then they wanted to bring him into Atlanta, and the same BS he did in Tampa is the same BS he's doing in Atlanta. And Dan Quinn sometimes looked like he doesn't have a clue, and I know that um, Keanu Neal went down, but having no Keanu Neal is not a reason why you why you couldn't get any pressure on on Deshaun Watson. Atlanta is 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 like you said they're a dumpster fire. They seemingly keep getting worse and I don't know what they're going to do. I mean at this point I don't think Dan Quinn is coming back as head coach and if he doesn't come back I think the entire Atlanta coaching staff they're going to clean house cuz there's no way this team with this much talent is a 1 in 5 team. There's just no way. I mean, Ryan didn't have a bad game. He threw for 330-plus, three touchdowns. Deshaun Watson, on the other hand, had 426 yards passing, five scores, no turnovers. Atlanta's not running the ball at all. They no. had 17 total fucking carries in the game, for which like is just 50 or 60 yards, yeah, it was I mean, that, I mean, it's just horrible for them. But Atlanta, it looks like another one that they're going to be probably getting a top-10 pick this year. And I feel sorry for fucking Matt Ryan because he's never going to win a Super Bowl now. Yeah, Jennifer chimed in saying Atlanta's problem is strictly coaching on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Like Nick said, they have the talent. They're Yeah, they're just a bad coach team right now. Their play selection, I think, has been horrible. Horrible. 
Now, I know there's Saints fans in the chat. Next. Yes, there is. Alyssa. It's that time. Oh, dude, you ran your mouth on Thursday, oh. uh, buddy. You got to fucking... Time. I'm sorry. You got to face the music today. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and I'm glad you didn't give Jameis Winston numbers. Because those numbers would have... I forgot. <laughs> I totally forgot. All I'm right, so, so glad you didn't. Because it would have been, like, real bad. Obviously... I, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know. This game here, I I actually did have on the second largest screen in my room. It was New Orleans 31, Bucks 24. Uh, there was a tiny comeback at the end for the for the Bucks. I'll give it that. They they at least they try to score at the end. Nick, just break down exactly like what you think went wrong in this game. You know, and and I, I said this on my Facebook once the game was over with that I, I had to give all the props in the world to the New Orleans Saints defense. Uh, we know Marshawn Lattimore struggled in the first um, three weeks of the season, but he really has turned around in the last two weeks and totally shut Mike Evans out. Um, their defense is scary good. Uh, the Bucks O line regressed to their bad ways, and Jameis was getting Jameis got sacked six times in this game. It just wasn't good. Uh, I think the Bucks ran away from the run um, once again. I'm not understanding why Tampa Bay seems to. And it's no really no diss towards Peyton Barber, but right now I think Ronald Jones is the better of the two running backs, and he needs to get more touches and more carries. But at the end of the day, a couple of things happened in this game, and and I want to use one as an excuse, and I want to use one leading to an excuse. But the Bucs secondary is still bad. I know it's young, and I know, you know, guys are trying to get, you know, and it's it's still bad. Last week we gave up 517 yards to Jared Goff. This week we made Teddy Bridgewater look like Randall Cunningham, giving up four touchdowns. Vernon Hargraves was getting beat all game by Michael Thomas. We made no adjustments to fix that. Carlton Davis gets thrown out of the game on one of the most BS plays I've ever heard in my life, and that's what's going to lead me to what kind of really ticked me off a little bit and I hate trying to use the whole referees as an excuse but the Bucks were on the wrong wrong end of a couple calls I thought the Carlton Davis call was stupid I thought that the the so-called fumble with no clear recovery was another dumbass call this man did not have was not down clearly lost the ball and the buccaneers clearly recovered it and clearly came out of the pile so you explain to me what weed was being smoked or what dumbassness was in the air of new york when you watch that play and you tell me there was not a clear fumble with a clear recovery by Tampa. But the only reason I'm not going to use that as an excuse because Bridgewater threw a pick two plays later. But the no pass interference call of Michael Thomas sealed it for me. At that point, I was disinterested. You're not going to tell me Michael Thomas did not extend his arms, push Fenner Hargraves out, and then got five yards of separation. That was a huge call because then what didn't become second and 20 like it should have been becomes now first down, and then they scored a touchdown four plays later. So the Saints got some beneficial calls, but at the end of the day, their defense played really well. 
Their offense exposed our secondary. And if Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles do not get this secondary fixed, we are going to have yet another long season. I know Bruce Arians came out and said that their secondary has been playing soft. He would not call people out, but call them out as a whole. But you either need, and I'm begging and pleading, either trade for Jalen Ramsey bring in Chris Harris or somehow con the Arizona Cardinals to bring in Patrick Peterson. Because if I have to watch one more game of Vernon Hargraves getting beat time after time after time, and there's no adjustments being made, I will lose my ever loving mind, but I'll give the saints credit. They won the game. Congratulations. We'll beat you when you guys come to Tampa. But as of right now, the bucks did not look good. And let me say this. Two, if I could give you one, two, maybe one or two bright spots of the game, Chris Godwin had another good game, even with the defense that shut us down. Ronald Jones had a pretty fair game, even though he needs more carries. And for what it's worth, for all the hits and everything that Jameis Winston took, he did not turn the ball over. And that's the biggest positive I can take for a guy that continuously would always throw interceptions, no interceptions for the second time this year by Jameis Winston. So got to give props to him, but good win for the Saints. Yeah, Nick, I want to ask you something. What do you think of Shaq Barrett this week? He only had two tackles. What do you think stopped? him from from getting to the quarterback to get into Bridgewater yeah no and and, and again it was uh, it was the Saints offensive line really protected Teddy Bridgewater because for for the most part they they had him scrambling but they never really got to him Sue came close to him a little bit Shaq Barrett came close to him a little bit but Teddy Bridgewater was able to uh to kind of weather the storm, so to speak, and get out of the pocket and make good throws. And once again, when you have uh, Michael Thomas wide open time after time after time, 11 catches for 160-something yards and two touchdowns, it's inexcusable. It's 100% inexcusable. So um, I think they'll make the adjustments against Carolina. You know, we saw what Shaq Barrett did to the offensive line against Carolina in week two. I know they'll make adjustments, but I think the Bucs will make adjustments as well. But again, I got to give props what props is due. New Orleans came out. They shut down Shaq. They shut down the pass rush. They exposed our secondary, and their defense just came out to play, and they played much better than we did. Well, I, I, the only thing, the, I, I understand that they, somebody said in the chat that it takes Bridgewater so long to throw the ball, but for once, that and now in three games that I've seen Bridgewater play, now mind you, that was... Uh, Dallas last week, Tampa this week, and then the uh, the game two weeks before that, it was all dink and dunk 10, 15-yard pass plays. This week, they actually yeah. opened it up and let him throw the ball. Uh, and that's kind of relevant to when he was back playing in Minnesota, when he was actually able to throw the ball downfield. But for me, though, this was kind of a, a, a major adjustment for that offense. Because now you know Bridgewater can throw the ball more than twenty yards, and you can open. If he's up given time, his nickname was Ten Yard Ted. Yeah, for a while it wasn't this weekend though. And and but you know what else I could take a positive out of that game? Um, Alvin Kamara didn't rush for over seventy yards. That's another one. So the run defense played well as played good as well. But our secondary is so. I mean, I know it's young, but it's just it's so bad. It's so bad, dude. 
Oh my god, I'm just getting a headache just thinking about it right now. All right, so we're, I'm not touching on the uh, the real dumpster fire, uh, the one that happened in Philly. That was uh, Philly 31, Jet 6. Uh, Jeez. As I stated before and earlier in the show, Mr. Mono was supposed to be returning to the field this weekend. Good luck, Sam Darnold, because you're going to need it. Uh, MetLife had Minnesota visiting the Giants. This game here was kind of close in the beginning. I uh, was not kind of close at the end. Final score at the beginning, and it was nowhere near that at the end. Final score: Minnesota twenty-eight, New York Giants ten. I uh, again, this was the Dalvin Cook show. I'm going to say this. Oh yeah, he had because it was day. twenty-one carries for a buck thirty-two. Uh, he did have a critical fumble. Inside the like the, the inside the pile yeah, like, at the one yard line, that was a critical turnover. I uh, an extra yard would have meant touchdown. Uh, Cousins actually threw all over the Giants' defense because guess what? The Giants' defense sucks. Okay, yeah. a bunch of fucking eighty-year-old elderly women in wheelchairs can play better than the New York Giants' defense. <laughs> uh, because Cousins threw for three oh six and two scores. That's just the way it is. Uh, and Adam Thielen finally had a game because Cousins finally found him. Seven catches, a buck thirty. Uh, Stefan Diggs only had three catches again, and I kind of think there's a little bit more favoritism at this point that they're not loading Stefan Diggs up. He's kind of lying to the media, saying that he's happy being in Minnesota. Listen, dude, Stefan, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. You may not hear this, but I'm going to tell you. Tell them the fucking truth. Tell them you want out of Minnesota. You want to get away from Kirk Cousins because he's an asshole and he cannot play football. Where'd he go? Yeah, hey, Rick, you cut out, bro. <laughs> yeah, you just like faded out. Are you doing an on a, on a, uh, I don't know. A fade out? I don't know. But, but Stefan, tell fucking Minnesota you want to leave. You don't want to be there anymore because you're not getting the ball. Become Keyshawn Johnson. That's all I'm telling you. Throw me the fucking ball. That's the way it's supposed to be. Well, that's what Thielen did. Thielen was getting pissed off. He wasn't getting the ball. And look what happened. He had a great day. I don't know what this Connor Cockerham shit is. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, if, if you guys are talking about the... It sounds like you guys are talking about the Stefan Diggs thing. Um... You know, it's funny because before the game, they were asking Stefan Diggs if all the rumors were true about him wanting to leave, uh, be traded from Minnesota. And he basically said all the rumors are true. So, I mean, it sounds like he still wants to get out of there. Um, but, I mean, for as far as the game's concerned, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Ricky. The Giants defense does stink. Yeah, um, they're bad. Yeah, and. And Minnesota kind of went out there and did anything they want to on that team. And, you know, the, the Giants going to have to they're going to have to somehow, I don't know, get things fixed because New England comes to town on Thursday and it's not going to be any easier. So a uh, big win for Minnesota to stay, you know, pace with Green Bay and try and stay in there with the Bears, especially after that loss. So, you know, that and the Lions, you know, for what it's worth, even though they had the off week, but yeah, it's still turmoil up there in Minnesota. Uh, it, 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 here's what's funny. I wonder if they will trade Stephon Diggs. You know, we, we talked about A.J. Green and we talked about Deshaun Jackson being on the trade block. 
if, I think if the if the price is right, maybe they will you know trade Stephon Diggs, especially if he's not happy up there. But nonetheless, big win for Minnesota. And to obviously say now that Daniel Jones has played against an actual defense, uh, 21 of 38, 182, touchdown and a pick. Uh, they lost Wayne Goldman early to a concussion, so they got whatever their rushing game like was just thrown away pretty much. Uh, Hillman, nine carries, 20 yards. They had uh, 64 yards. And their, their run game was just completely horrible. So at this point... Yeah, the Giants are two and three. They're still in the division race, technically. Uh, it's not like, you know, the Jets or Washington or uh, Cincinnati. And they Pittsburgh. got a tough game. They got a tough game coming up against New England on Thursday night. And I will tell you uh, when we get to it, because I think it's pretty much coming up on this list. Uh, it's like three games away. Yeah. We have uh, Ravens at Pittsburgh. This one here. I absolutely enjoyed this game. I did. <laughs> I enjoyed this game, too. Uh, well, first off, the hit. The, the, the one where uh, the NFL is pretty much being scrutinized for him walking off the field instead of being carted off the field. Uh, that's a very big if thing that's been happening up all year. And uh, to have him walk off the field with a helmet with no face mask kind of looked a little old school. <laughs> um, yeah, what also, happened to the concussion protocol? Okay, on that? But, but do you know the reason why they had to have him walk off the field? Why? It's because the car broke down. That's why he walked. That wasn't his choice. That car went over there to go pick him up. And when they went to try and start it, it wouldn't work. And Mason Rudolph at that point had come to and just was like, dude, I'll just walk off on my own power. So, you know, it, it, I mean, it was a bad look, you know, both ways. But, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't like, oh, Mason Rudolph's trying to be, you know, you know, the big man on campus. And like, oh, I'm a G. I'm going to walk off on my own power. The goddamn uh, car broke down, dude. I would have still had a stretcher there, though. Yeah, yeah they could have the wheeled field. him out on a stretcher. Uh, this is another game where, again, Lamar Jackson looked ultimately fucking human. He should not even be in Madden 20 at this point with these numbers. Uh, 19 of 28, 161, a touchdown, three interceptions. Uh, this is now seeming to be a trend because it's now two games in a row. Lamar Jackson has been figured out. He's not the human joystick at this point. Let's pretty much put that at that point. Uh, the run game, uh, he led with 70 yards. Uh, Ingram had 19 carries for 44. Uh, Baltimore's offense at this point, I mean, this is the Steelers, God forbid, uh, where they can't feel they're up to their fourth fucking quarterback. Um, this defense is not that great, obviously. What are we saying now about Baltimore that apparently Lamar Jackson has just looked human the last three weeks? Well, he's got the skill set to be a great quarterback. I think he needs to learn to look down the field, stay in the pocket when he's scrambling, and he needs a better O line. He was he was on the move a lot. He was on the move a lot. So 
There's other pieces that get throw around him. I know everybody thinks he's great because they saw week one. He put up crazy numbers. But now he's back down to earth. And even the best quarterback is going to have days like this. Now, I'm not saying he's the best quarterback, but he's got the skill set to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL once he gets it dialed in. I, I just, I, I got to tell you, though, but he, well, let's kind of put this into perspective, okay? Baltimore's played five games this year, all right? The last few weeks, you had Pittsburgh Sunday, you had Cleveland last week. That place is a, is a fucking roller coaster and a half, Cleveland. And we're going to get to them because they're on the Monday night game, okay? But the last three weeks, he's not put up, I'd say, second year numbers, so to speak. Okay? Because technically, this is his second year. He had the fucking last half of fucking last year, and he lit the NFL on fire. Now, he played Miami week one. Obviously, you know, that's a fucking, another dumpster fire there. So, he's going to put up numbers on them, but it seems as this season's going along, coordinators have now had, I think, what is it, Nick, 10, 15 games to see of, of his footage? Right. So now I think they're kind of realizing that they're just ready to, to to kind of bottle him up and mix up all of these different coverages on him. But again, this is the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers. They didn't have a win go. They had one win going into this week. But I mean, they Baltimore wins this game in overtime on a really really tricky fucking kick. Yeah, that was that was nuts. I thought that was going wide, and then all of a sudden the hook back in. But Justin Tucker, for the last, I think it's four or five years, has been the best kicker in the NFL. It's just crazy, though. And they, they made sure they had him kicking at the open end of the field instead of the close end of the field. Because apparently anybody kicking in that direction can't fucking succeed at that point. All right, we have up uh, one of Nicholas's picks this year to make to the playoffs. Uh, this was Buffalo, Tennessee. This was another good game, Buffalo in my opinion. Because these defenses really did put yeah. up a huge fight. Uh, Baltimore, I'm uh, not Baltimore, uh, Buffalo traveled down to Tennessee. Final score, Bills 14, Titans 7. Again, the fucking Titans offense, massively anemic. And uh, again, this is two weeks in a row that Buffalo is really kind of stuck it in the ground for any opposing things because Mariota was uh, 13-22, 183. Derek Henry, 20 carries, 78 yards. I mean, what do we really say about Tennessee at this point? What do you really say about the Titans? It's another team that's They're up They're not down. a complete team. They're missing pieces. I don't think Mariota is the guy to lead them. I just don't believe he's the guy for that team. Everybody in the chat wish, uh, God bless you to Nick, because he just sneezed twice. It's going to look weird with your head just drifting off camera like that, Nick. <laughs> it's okay. And you guys faded out again. Uh, yeah, we just wished everybody, told everybody to tell you, uh, God bless you, because we saw you uh, whip off camera. Looked a little weird. But yeah, I, I yeah, don't I think Mario is the, the, the quarterback to take Titans to the next level at all. Um, he just, I just don't see it in him. I don't think he makes the right decisions, and he doesn't. He doesn't okay. seem like he knows check check out of a play very well either. I don't know. I think maybe our microphone cut out. Did our mic look? Our mic cut out. 
Can you guys hear us? Hello? There's always your usually fucking lovely, insane thing. I Do you guys I'll, hear I'll us? I'll Skype it in. It's alright. No big deal. I don't just see the comments. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Alright, let me add the call in. It's going to be a little weird, but... Just a little bit of a technical difficulty. Alright, in the meantime... Uh, Anybody hearing us? If you hear us in the chat, just type 555. Alright, uh, type back where I'm adding the other yeah, statement. Yeah. Chat says they hear us. Yeah, because they're hearing us through all Huh? Alright, we fixed that audio. Alright, we fixed that audio problem a little bit. Ah, it's gonna be, ah, be a little weird. Yeah. yeah. Alright. So, so, can you, can you hear us now, guys? Hello? Do you guys, you guys hear, hear us? us? Tell me fucking Skype just took a dump. Oh, oh shit. We're not even on with them. God. Oh. It just fucking totally cut them out. Alright. Alright. Gotta love a little bit of a technical fucking thing. Okay. That's Nick. I mean, that's Alex. You got Alex back. All right. I don't know what the hell happened. Now you sound way better. Yeah, I put it on the phone. Okay, ah, there we go. go. All right. Yeah. Technical crisis averted. All right. Uh, all right. So that was a really great fucking game analyzation. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Cool. You know, I, I agree with you 100 percent, Rick. Uh, exactly what you said. Uh, back up. To the rest of the schedule. All what right, do we, we got just, next? Yeah, the people in the chat said they heard us fine. It's just yeah, you guys sounded fine on there, but we could not hear you. You guys would like fade out and then just disappear. All right. So moving on from that lovely dumpster fire, uh, Patriots to Redskins. This Speaking was a uh, dumpster fire. Well, in the beginning, it wasn't because of the fact that the uh, Patriots couldn't fucking score. They just had no ball movement whatsoever, which kind of was really bad. And my whole fucking camera moved. Yeah, it was. I think the Redskins scored first, right? Yes, on a uh, 65-yard run play. Yeah. So, I mean, that was actually, <laughs> in a way, I was sitting there and I was like, wow, this is just really horrible. Uh, it took the Patriots the first half to figure everything out. Uh, final score was New England 33, Redskins 7. Well, sounds uh, like they figured it out. <laughs> well, it's like fast in a hurry. They, it's like, oh, it took them a while to figure it out. But when they did, boy, did they. Fuck. <laughs> 30, fucking 30 or 28 some points. Or 28 yeah. points. Fuck. And still the issue with the kicking game. Uh, Mr. Nugent missed an extra point in the first half. Uh, then did come back to kick some field goals and some extra points after that. Maybe he just needed to get the rust out. Um, obviously this was, uh, Jay Gruden's last hurrah. 
And thank God for that. Right. Yes. Jesus, dude. This was five weeks too late. Yeah. But all in all, uh, New England, 5-0. Redskins, 0-5. Fighting with, I think it's three other teams for the fucking... So it's New England and... Now it's, yeah, now it's just New England and uh, San Francisco, right? Yeah. Yes. One thing I do want to say about this game is you see the five sacks against Tom Brady. They... You go back five years, he doesn't get sacked on those because he's able. He was never, you know, good mobile quarterback, but you could see his age on those five sacks. Where five years ago, he would have easily gotten away from them. But we're he also just he couldn't move his feet to move away from them. Yeah, but we're also looking at guys coming in a technical term. This is the way I'm going to use the term, uh, unevaded to the quarterback because nobody blocked them. But they he, legitimately came free. There was, was no blocking move. scheme whatsoever okay, he might, they for might that type free, of rush. He didn't move. He, he didn't seem able to move out of the way. Like Not like he even made a step to move. He just crumpled. Well, you're better off to fall down instead of getting fucking right into the ground. If you think about but it. He didn't even try and sidestep nothing. That like offensive it, line it really, is the reason. really seemed like his age is getting good. You know, with the mobility ones. The, the reason is that the offensive line is bad, and that's killing the fucking rush game because the rush game really didn't get started until late in the third quarter. Yes, true. So if you can't get the ball going early, then you better not just fucking bother doing it and just throw the ball 50 times in the fucking first half because that's exactly what happens. True. So in a way, I mean, if that offensive line doesn't get fixed – now, mind you, their starting center is out for the year. Uh, Isaiah Wynn can't come back, I think, until week 11. And he's on the IR. You have five guys on the IR in that offense that you're only going to be able to take two when the deadline comes. All those are fair points, but it still doesn't shy away from the fact that five years ago, he would have gotten away from those. He, he would have gotten away from those. You could see it. He just didn't. It didn't even look like he made an attempt to even get away from them. It's just like, oh, here's the guys. Let me crumble. Like, made no effort to yeah, try. Yeah, he's 41 years old, man. What do you expect? If those big-ass, young, able-bodied <laughs> men are running at him, he's going to crumble down to the ground. But it's, those five sacks that have really anything to do with his playing game? Not really. I mean, it's. I mean, you look at the score, it's still 33-7. to seven, So, I really mean, yeah, it, it sucks, but they, yeah, I, I agree with with Rick. They weren't doing anything. I thought it was kind of weird. Like, are they not going to fucking block this guy? But like, you know what? But he's you, a fragile old man. But you know what? I think I understand where Todd's coming from. Because if you go back to last week against Buffalo, Tom Brady looked like he was 42. Yeah. If you look at this week against, um, Washington, even though that score was 33 to 7, you have to sometimes look past the score yeah. and look in the game. And no. I'm with Todd. Each week, I feel like even though New England is winning games, because New England's defense, we know it's absolutely amazing. When they get the run game going, I think Sony Michelle is absolutely amazing. But Tom Brady is really starting to look like he's 41 and 42 years oh, old. Oh, absolutely. I so don't, I don't, I mean, I he, I, he's going to retire after this year. So yeah. And that's why I agree with Todd. In a sense, five years ago, yeah, Tom Brady's not taking no sacks. 
Now no. Tom Brady is 42. He's taking those sacks. So I kind of see where Todd's going with well, it. No, because agree. if you're going to play a team down the road that's much better than Washington and then they got New York this upcoming week, um, taking those five sacks are, are not going to do you any favors. That is that is very true. That's I mean, that is kind of brutal. But I mean, you, you have to look at the offensive line there as well. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, we are talking about the Washington Redskins. I mean, what are you going to do? When you have to play, if you ever have, if you have to play like the Saints, or if you have to play, fuck even Baltimore. You know those yeah, guys are teams with stout defenses. Yeah, yeah. those oh, guys are pretty yeah. nasty. I mean, if you play a team with a stout defense, they're going to eat your lunch. And I mean, that's where you're right. Tom Brady ends up getting hurt out for the season. Then where where are the Patriots at for that the, now? All right. So the one game that I didn't watch, again, I screamed it out. Fuck Denver. <laughs> Broncos, 20. Chargers, 13. <laughs> the uh, AFC West. I would say, Nick, that, that game actually did good for us. <laughs> it put the Chargers back. It leaves you, like I said in the beginning of the season, it leaves um Alex, I mean, it leaves um Oakland to take second place in the division. They already had second place in the division. But I'm saying it leaves them... Let's say it's, let's say it's two, and the Chargers win it. Then they're three and two. And you know what? And you know what, dude? I've been I I know I've been screaming this from the beginning of the season. I don't buy the Los Angeles Chargers, and I just don't buy Philip Rivers. At some well, point, no, I don't. After I don't buy him either. After Sunday, I mean, like well, I mean, and even before Sunday, like you know, I know Todd has said many a times that he thinks that Philip Rivers is the most underrated quarterback in the NFL, and I, I'm on the I complete disagree. opposite side of the fence. I think he's the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. Like your can't your claim to fame, like Philip Rivers' claim to fame in his NFL career, is the fact that he beat uh. Peyton Manning a couple times in the playoffs, you know, right, right kind of in the beginning of Peyton Manning's return to the NFL from the next surgery in Denver. That's the only claim to fame you have. Other than that, yeah, you, excuse me, you had a couple of years where, you know, you, you did better than people expected and whatnot, but guess what? The Chargers still blow. The Chargers still come up short. And now, and, uh, Speaking of football, I'm, I'm kind of watching the Rays, uh, um, uh, whatever to play, Houston game. O.J. Howard's at the game and did a better catch on a foul ball than he's done all flipping year in Tampa. Hopefully it strikes a lightning bolt in his ass. But back to, uh, but back to the charge. <laughs> Jesus, Marion Joseph. You can make an outstanding catch at a, at a Tampa Bay Rays game, but when a football comes your way, you either drop it or fumble. Give me a break. But but back to the Chargers though, um, it's just it's I just feel like every year we keep trying to put Philip Rivers on his pedestal, and every year he comes up short. And against in a in a team where you knew Oakland just beat just beat the Bears, so you need to uh, and you're playing an on four Denver team that can't get things figured out, and you go out there and let Denver come into your stadium and you wet the bed like that, dude. Give me a break. Yeah, I will say no, this. No, no, I agree with that too. Um, 
I do think like at most Philip Rivers is annoying. He's really good at screwing up your playoffs, but that's about it. Other than that, you're right. He does. I mean, he gets those one or two good games where he can like, oh man, maybe he's got it still. And then like, wait, he never really had to begin with. I just feel like he got <laughs> lucky on a couple games. Yeah. And he's just more of like he's like that mosquito that just won't go away. But at the same time, I do feel like he is a very overrated quarterback and i'm honestly tired of him i think i think people in, in la need are, have to be tired of him too because it, it's just the same thing every year yeah he hasn't produced every year but this year he 100 took a step back man he 100 took a step back he doesn't look like the same philip rivers even of last year the guy has an arm he's always been a in my opinion he's always been a really good quarterback I don't know why you're so down on Nick, why you hate the guy so much, but he's not that bad. He's an overrated quarterback. Yeah, it's not that I hate him. I I just hate Philip Rivers. Yeah, I don't hate him. He's not as good as everybody thinks he is. Exactly. I don't think his play matches the hype. Yeah, you could come out and throw for 4,500 yards all you want to, or you can go out and beat Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens all you want to. But my point is – when are we going to see Philip Rivers finally really take that next step? Like, okay, you want a few playoff games here and there. When am I going to hear the Los Angeles Chargers are in the Super Bowl because Philip Rivers had the game of his life? Or yeah, that's my point. Exactly. That's my point, dude. So am I saying? I mean, Philip Rivers is he good? Yeah, but is he like this? Oh, this underrated. Jim that no one talks about at least no hell no he's not that no he's- and I could maybe argue unless you went unless Denver the 0-4 Denver team came into your house and beat you by seven points this like, how do you let that happen the team that has been getting slaughtered by nearly everybody and not even that not even so much that it's not so much they've been getting slaughtered two of those games they couldn't they, they don't know how to uh finish games no you, you couldn't finish against the bears you couldn't finish against the uh jaguars Jags. and both games were at home when you couldn't finish you get what i'm saying so you yeah. got denver on the ropes desperate as balls to freaking get a win to try and figure things out which should have been a shoe win for los angeles but yeah you come out there and took the biggest elephant deuce on your own home field and look like straight crap come on dude all right let's talk about more dropping deuces green bay travels down to dallas this was highlighted as the game of the week. Okay. Apparently this is bigger than Colts, Chiefs, and all the other games, like the the, the Raiders, uh, Bears game. But this was slated as game of the week. This probably was the best game of the week. I don't know. We're gonna talk about the best game of the week here in a minute. Just don't you wait, don't you worry about that, Todd. We'll get to that game pretty soon enough. Green Bay 34, <laughs> Cowboys 24. This is another game where there was a epic uphill attempt at a comeback that fell ultimately short. I'm going to say uh, this. Prescott threw two interceptions. No, no, three interceptions. Yep. Three interceptions this game. Yep. Uh, speaking of overrated quarterbacks, <laughs> while we're on the subject... 
Dak Prescott is the but one of the most overrated quarterbacks. No, he threw. Yeah, he did throw three interceptions. He threw two three. Touchdowns. He threw He's two th- touchdowns though. He did throw for four hundred sixty-three yards though. I'm not. I'll give him that. But man, that guy is a. I feel like he's extremely overrated. Aaron Rodgers did not score a touchdown, but then again, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. He's been there. He's a seasoned quarterback. He knows how to control the game. Um, I'll have to give it to Prescott, but man, he really felt sh- felt short. And I expected more out of them this game. But I think we'll talk. I'm going to talk about it. And I know you guys are going to get mad, but but the second week in a row, they played a relevant team. And they have shot the bed. Well, one of the major things I could say about this game is Green Bay actually had a running game for a change. That exactly. Yeah, it was a really big boost. Uh, Aaron Jones, 19 carries, a buck seven, four, four TDs. Four TDs. And he averaged for 5.6 yards per carry, which is, again, Something that Green Bay really hasn't had in a long time. Yeah. Um, Amon Green is one of the older Green Bay running backs, I can say, that's had a that was a good rushing attack. But this game here, Rodgers again managed the game. They got in the red zone. They ran the ball. He figured what worked against them and he used it. Unlike what they did in Philly two weeks ago. Yeah. Because they couldn't run the ball for one yard back then. Yeah. But now they could run it for 120 something yards. And get away with it in this one. It's it's kind of weird because you're seeing the Cowboys now two weeks in a row. I mean, granted, the final result with Prescott throwing 463, all of this stuff really didn't come to like the second half. They didn't score the second half, I think. Who did? That's the one thing about it. Like, that's the Who didn't score in the second half? No, they didn't score until the second half. Dallas. Oh, yeah. No, it was what twenty-four nothing going into uh, going into uh, uh, whatever it is halftime. But let me say, let me say this. First off, um, I feel bad for Dak Prescott in this sense. That third interception he threw was BS. Now let's go over the rules of the NFL, right? Let's go over the rules of the NFL. After five yards, you cannot touch the receiver. Correct, right? See yeah. Okay. So you explain to me why that was not illegal contact on that exact throw. Because that brother was eight yards down the field getting his helmet pulled off before Dak threw the ball, and that should have been illegal contact. See or no? You're correct. Exactly. That was a ter- that was pretty much the turning point of that entire game because technically Dallas was still in it. They were driving, and then that happened, and then Green Bay pretty much they well then at that point I think they started going down the field, and Brett Maher missed a field goal, which really killed Dallas at the end of the day. But the problem I'm having right now is that Kellen Moore. Is going away from Zeke. Now, I know that the offensive line for Dallas is kind of beat up. They didn't have Lyle Collins. He went out with the knee injury. I know he's questionable going into the game against the Jets this Sunday. Uh, But Kelly Moore has got to feed the ball to Zeke. And I I think one of the best points that was brought up is here by Avi when he said that for whatever reason – Dak Prescott was so gung-ho to throw the ball to Zeke. We had Jason Witten open six, seven times. So 
I love Dev Prescott. I think he's going to turn things around. Dallas will turn things around. But I have to do – I will agree that they've played a couple of good teams. They've come up a little short. But I think they've gone away from the game plan. The game plan is I understand that Dallas or maybe Kellen Moore is trying to get Dak Prescott paid. But having him throw the ball 40, 50 times a game, it's not going to get you wins. You got to feed the ball to Zeke. You got to get the ball to Zeke. You got to get the offensive line on the same page. And once you start getting that ball to Zeke, then the passes will open up for Dak Prescott because Amari Cooper had an amazing game for a guy who got shut out last week, 11 catches, 221 yards in that big touchdown. Mm -hmm. So Dak, again, we're going away from what the Cowboys should be doing, which is feeding the ball to Zeke and not trying to make Dak Prescott the mixed Troy Aikman or a better version of him. So Dallas has work to do. And then defensively, Dude, where's Sean Lee, Clayton Van Der Esch, and Jalen Smith? You really like a team last week couldn't run for one flipping yard, and Matt LaFleur made Dallas's defense look like complete utter idiots by running the ball four times in the red zone, something they didn't do last week. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. That's Rod Marinelli and whatever his name is that's running defense. You guys are better than that. You're going to have to tighten things up, but good win for Green Bay, though. You know, all yeah. things considered, dude, it was a good win. And again, in a tight NFC North where you got Green Bay now at what four and one, the mm-hmm. Bears fall to three and two, Minnesota's three and two, Detroit's on the five, they're now. two, one and one. So I mean they needed that win, they got the win, and you know, don't, not trying to take any credit away from Green Bay, but they they for what it's worth really look good on Sunday. Okay. Sunday night football. <laughs> Let's oh talk God. about it. I know. <laughs> I have to say, this is Forever probably proving my point that I made at the beginning of the year before we even get to the scores and the stats. The point that I made at the beginning of the year, and I keep getting argued with the Chiefs cannot beat the fucking Colts. You can't do it. I don't know why, but you can't. It doesn't matter if it's in the playoffs or the regular season. Sometime, as soon as those blue uniforms go onto the field, you guys just, you know, and then that's shit your true. pants and run off and, and run away. That's why I put it in our chat. I was nervous about the game before it even started. But yeah, exactly. The Chiefs always have issues with Indy, no matter who's, no matter who it is. They constantly have issues with Indy. And. But- Pat Mahomes only threw for another 321 yards this week. Yeah, well, rolling around on a terrible ankle. I, I have to tell you, oh, though. Oh, well, excuses. Before this game started, okay, I saw the jinx. All right? The well, jinx was, it? was the fucking next-gen stats commercial that was sponsored by Amazon. Oh. And you see... And, Patrick, and with the ketchup. With the ketchup bottle, just like strangling it to, to get all the ketchup tape. out onto his T-bone, okay? That is a bad sign. Why all right? is, how is that a jinx? Because everybody made fun of jinx? him with the ketchup on his steak. dude, Kermit the Frog be eating ketchup on steaks. You don't eat ketchup on steaks, especially not in Kansas City, where you have Kansas City barbecue. You don't eat ketchup on anything, especially not a steak. 
Well, we're a beef state. I mean, even it's Missouri, but still, a lot of the most most of their fan base is in Kansas. It's a beef state. I'd be eating no steaks with ketchup, dude. That's like Nick and the hot dogs and ketchup. I bet he eats ketchup on his hot dogs too. He does. <laughs> See, and that's why. Serious. I hope they don't play Chicago. <laughs> the Chiefs do play Chicago this year. Yeah, let me just give my insight on this game. Um, Patrick Mahomes got his. He's been playing on a bad ankle since week one. Nobody, not a lot of people know about that. He's been playing oh, with I bad saw it the first week. Yeah, and then now he's got he got stepped on by his own lineman in the end zone, and it stepped right on his ankle. And oh, he also got crushed by Justin Houston too. That was. <laughs> yeah. Point don't think. Don't think. Let's not talk. Don't, let's not think that I missed that one because I <laughs> sure as hell did see that guy. They just got rid of just wham. <laughs> 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 Fucking. Good night, bitch. And he took picked him up. He picked up that ketchup loving bastard, and he took him to bed. And he laid him down. And he made sweet, sweet love to him on the fi- on the field, and just beat the living dog shit out of him. <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> no. I'm, yeah, sure. I'm good. Good. Go ahead. Oh, okay. thanks. So the point I was trying to make once again is once he got his ankle stepped on. You could see he was saying, I don't want to help. I don't want help. I personally think he should have came out of the game because he was not the same since that point. should have played that guy week one. Could have moved, could not get around. And, yes, Houston had a huge fucking play on him. And the Chiefs just couldn't get the ball moving. They've been injured. It's It was a bad game for the Chiefs, man. It was, it a, was, huge, a, bad, was it a huge hit on him, or was it a did he fucking smash his ass into the field? Like he was a cigarette butt. Because that's what I saw. That's what I saw. He just like, put him down like a camel light and just like, Neh. Oh, I can't wait till my fucking team moves. Oh, boy. Uh, again, the Chiefs couldn't stop the run. They, they couldn't, couldn't stop, no. Stop anything. Marlon Mack, 29 carries, 132 yards, 4.6 average. Uh, I'm glad I drafted him to my fantasy team. Unfortunately, this week, Indy's off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the Chiefs' defense is beyond terrible. Beyond terrible. They, they might be moving down I in the mean, rankings. Again. They're getting some turnovers, but they cannot stop any team from just coming down the field. Well, and that's what... Team, it, go ahead. But yeah, but it, it, it begs me to question, why would they get rid of Justin Houston? Why would they get rid of D Ford? Like, why would they get rid of these guys that were they were crucial to their defense? However terrible their defense was, they had some good players like Justin Houston. And look what happened. Look what he, exactly he showed you how good of a player he could be and just crushed him. And I'm not trying to overemphasize on that, but I'm just saying you're, that, that team, it irritates me to no end that people have so much, like, Oh man, they're going to be the best team. They're a great team, but they just can't. Why do they do that to themselves? I'm I'm not even a Chiefs fan, and they frustrate the shit out of me because they make the dumbest mistakes in the world. Like it, it, it's like okay, well, we got a bad defense. Well, let's get rid of the only good defensive players that we have, and that will probably help us win more games. I don't understand their thought process. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say it, like I said, every week. Their problem is Andy Reid. 
What? Yeah, I completely disagree with you there. I completely disagree with you there. By the way, there's a comment in the chat. Uh, did you guys see what McAfee said about the Colts going all the way? Yes, he's a douchebag. He needs to be body slammed by like the Big Show or Joe or something. Team. He's an idiot. All right. Last game on the list. This year, I think I fell asleep yeah, somewhere after the game. first quarter. I didn't get a chance to watch this game. What uh, a piece of shit game. San Francisco hosting the Cleveland Browns. Final score, San Francisco 31, Cleveland 3. Uh, this game here, again, this is Cleveland fluttering. Good week, bad week, good week, bad week. So this was the bad week. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 100 yards passing. 8 of 22. Yikes. I, Jesus Christ. The only real highlight out of this was Nick Chubb. That was, was a decent week, yeah. 16 carries, 87 yards. Jarvis, how about this? Jarvis Landry had four catches for 75 yards. So Jarvis Landry had three quarters of the total passing offense for the whole night. That's disgusting. It, it's just really bad. I want to see. see what is it about? Uh, what is it? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was listening to San Francisco. I thought we were And, you know, we I talked a lot of shit about Jimmy G at the beginning of the season. Um, but what is it about Cleveland that kills good quarterbacks? Well, I just saw a video. I'll share it to everybody earlier, uh, later on. I mean, uh, they are comparing him to Manziel. That's what I was. That's right where I was going. The same path. The only difference is is that Baker Mayfield is sober, and Manziel did everything okay. drunk. He, he's not as exactly sober. Cause didn't you see him at like baseball games slamming like shotgunning beers and shit? Like he's not a hundred percent sober. But at the same time, yeah, he he's obviously not doing blow on the sidelines like uh, Manziel was. Um, but. <laughs> I don't know if he was actually doing it on the sidelines, but I know he was drunk on the sidelines for sure. They proved that. Uh, But no, what is it about that team? Manziel, Manziel, Baker Mayfield, doesn't matter. Both big 12 quarterbacks. Well, I guess that was like Manziel went like right after Texas A&M left the big 12. But uh, regardless, either way, both great quarterbacks. Go ahead, Nick. Well, well, let me, well, let me let me let me say this because I, I I've been thinking about this all day, and as much as we can sit here and talk about how you know, first of all, San Francisco's defense is amazing. They are, they uh, are fantastic. That's, that's first and foremost. Second off, I just mentioned it earlier. Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy G didn't even have all that great of a game, but you know who did? Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman. Why? Because yeah. Kyle Shanahan. Loves running the ball, sets up the run for the pass, and they just ran all over Cleveland. My issue is when it comes to Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. First off, I love how all of a sudden these people are trying to flex. Oh, I told you Baker Mayfield was going to suck and this and that and blah, blah, blah and everything else. And I think I think a little a little bit of the heat on Baker Mayfield is because of him suffering from the you know the the perennial foot and mouth.